you are tuned into the story behind the business podcast. My name is Leyland Diano. I am here with my co-hosts Adam Bessie and Joel McDonald. This yeah. is, of course, brought to you by the <laughs> Wesley Group and Agency Media. You do that every time, and it throws me off every time. <laughs> so, our our guest on the podcast today. She got her Bachelor of Journalism at Carleton University, which then spun into a job producing a national TV talk show. She was also a reporter right here in Vancouver, and she's now the owner of a company called Jam PR, Ada Slavinsky. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure. Yeah, maybe you could just start by talking to us a little bit about what is Jam PR. Well, JamPR is um, a public relations agency that's really catered to small businesses. So when I started the company just over three years ago, I saw there was a gap in the market between um, what a, a bigger PR agency does, which is help companies like Ford and the Aquilini Group uh, get press for their businesses. Um, and, and the gap there was between that kind of agency and what a, a consultant does. So a one-off kind of um, marketing consultant that you would hire to run your social media or try to get you some media attention. Um, and small businesses re really didn't have anyone to turn to to help tell their story to the media. Um, so I started um, working with them. Our first client uh, three and a half years ago was a secret garden tea company. And we got them some media coverage and started running their social. And that quickly spun into a whole variety of different clients, um, whether it's from a, a dash cam company to real estate um, to a transportation app. There's been uh, a whole ton of, of different small businesses and startups that have sought us out um, for that expertise in, in getting them into media. Now, a lot of a lot of people uh, with the advent of social media um, might and businesses might think that public relations isn't as important as it once was. Maybe you can kind of talk to us a little bit about, you know, how, how valuable are these traditional platforms or this traditional coverage um, for for businesses? And you mentioned like a dash cam, like maybe in terms of like getting a dash cam on on or out in public uh, knowledge mm -hmm. or media area? Like how is that important for those types of businesses? Well, there's really nothing that gives you credibility um, and that third party validation like media coverage. So to take your dash cam example, um, we were showing some of the insurance benefits for having a dash cam if you get into an accident and you're dealing with ICBC or an insurance provider. Um, and so we uh, were able to get CTV News here in Vancouver to cover that story. Um, so first of all, you're reaching that massive audience, but you're also getting um, a lot more attention uh, from uh, insurance providers themselves. So when something's hitting the media and they're being asked to respond to it, um, it can really quickly speed up some of that uh, negotiation and, and what companies are trying to achieve. And then that same story was picked up by CTV in Toronto. And um, so for that company, a relatively small West Coast company uh, based here in Vancouver, um, that was one of the best ways for them to spend money and get exposure that they, they wouldn't really be able to otherwise um, through social ads or some of the more traditional marketing methods. Um, media coverage, I mean, people say media is going away and it's changing. Yes, media is changing, but a social ad doesn't have the same credibility behind it as getting on on national news or you know still in in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's what you know even that's 
the way that I recommend businesses spend money. If you have a very limited budget, yes, it's great to do all of the things, um, but traditional media is kind of that first quick hit spot that can make your money go furthest. Uh, a while ago, before we, we opened up our new building in Langley, our owner, Andrew Westland, rode his motorcycle through it, um, kind of controversial, had this idea to send that to a local paper. I sent an email off um, and it, uh, it ended up getting in the paper, got us some coverage. It was great. It was awesome. It was just kind of one of those spur of the moment things, not really my role, but just something based on my experience that I was like, oh, this is a good idea. This would probably be good to send because the Langley Times obviously would be interested in it. Um, can you talk a little bit about the process when a business approaches you? Like, I know for some businesses, it's difficult to think outside or do things outside of the box to get that press attention. And there's obviously strategies involved, like, you know, that if you lean towards doing something charitable, it might, it might provide some value to, to a, a medium. Or if you do something that, like you said, uh, talking about insurance, where it's providing consumers with, with valuable information. Can you chat about the the process if uh, you know a brick and mortar op, uh, store came to you and said you know we need some media attention there's a whole bunch of reasons for it um, um, what you kind of do in, in terms of getting them from no ideas to landing in a on the news or in a paper mm-hmm. well you kind of hit the nail on the head with um, talking about starting with something controversial or interesting um, a lot of companies want media coverage, but they don't see that their business isn't really doing anything different yet or doesn't have that kind of interesting hook. Um, So the first step for us is always finding, you know, what's the interesting story about your business um, or about a product line or some kind of service offering that, that you're providing that's really different from anyone else in the industry? Because journalists are looking for those stories. Um, So there's, you know, magazines, there's, um, TV networks that need all of those thoughts filled, um, and they're looking for interesting stories. So the, the main kind of start for us is figuring out what is that hook, and if you don't have a hook and, and it's an interesting piece already, how can we develop one um, and work with you to make a story that's worth covering? Um, because that story will always go further and be shared more online and, and have more people talking about it and, and picking it up. Um, than if we were to just write kind of a a run-of-the-mill press release. Um, When a lot of people think about PR, they think, you know, how can you write me a press release that we can send out to everybody and and get it covered? Um, That way of doing business is is going away, definitely. Um, Because media is becoming much more specialized, and every uh, kind of media and every outlet is looking for something a bit different. So you have to know, you know, who do we want to target? Is it Daily Hive, for example, where riding a motorcycle through a building would be a perfect story. Um, or is it business in Vancouver? Or are you looking for, you know, an industry publication that will um, give you a bit more credibility specifically in your area? So, for example, if you're a healthcare client and, and you're looking to get some more credibility with doctors, um, that would be kind of a way to go. So figuring out, you know, who do we want to target? How do we create a story or tell your story? that will target and, and be of interest to that media, um, and then connecting with uh, specifically those reporters and, and pitching the story that makes sense for them, because there's, there's definitely no one-size-fits-all storytelling at this point. Ada, you touched on traditional media there, and I'm, I'm, I'm wishing that I could remember the stats, because I heard an article today that talked about traditional media, and it was like radio is way up right now, 
TV is up. TV radio surprised me because I thought people aren't in their cars. They said they're streaming it in their houses, local radio. Um, and I'm curious just to, if we want to now bring this conversation into kind of this, this crazy COVID world that we're in today, um, what are some things that you've noticed in different trends and what are some ways that, that you're having to pivot with your customers to, you know, change the message that they're using? Cause maybe the way they were using it before is not working right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely people are relying on media, um, in a way that they only do when there is a, a crisis or something that they're kind of nervous about and they need uh, that verified information. So it kind of speaks to that credibility that media gets. Uh, people want to know what's going on. So that's why they're tuning into TV and radio and reading the paper and not just looking at, at what's being shared online. So there's definitely that piece. Um, also, media are really looking to tell stories of what's going on locally. So I've noticed with this COVID, it almost makes our world smaller in that people are looking to support their local business. So if you live in North Vancouver, you're wanting to spend your money there. Um, one, to help your neighborhood businesses that you know well, uh, but also because you're not really going anywhere. Um, but it also brings us together globally in a way that we haven't been for a long time because it no longer matters you know, where you're, you're located kind of city-wise to connect on, on a Zoom call or a platform like this. You can connect with anyone in the world. So I'm noticing that we're um, telling the local angle of a story, um, but then also the really kind of specialized um, industry angle to industry media. Um, so it, it doesn't really um, matter kind of Vancouver-wide. It's more local angle and then the broader kind of storytelling um, based on the, the specific interest. Do you have any sort of specific, I don't, you don't have to share the details, but some specific details of maybe some customers on things that they're doing maybe right now that they changed that they weren't doing, say, two months ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a great example is the Youth Innovation Showcase. Um, it's a, a project from the Science Fair Foundation of BC, and they brought us on a few months ago before all of this COVID stuff uh, happened, and they were part of the uh, BC Tech Summit last year, so kind of big gathering of people. They had a natural audience there for uh, the competition for young people um, coming up with different innovations. So they were presenting in front of this group. They had kind of a, a Dragon's Den format live on stage for young people to present their innovation. Of course, that's not possible this year. Um, so soon after they brought us on, BC Tech Summit was canceled as a result of COVID. So they've taken their entire conference online um, and they're doing a virtual pitch competition, uh, virtual workshops for kids to take part in. Um, and that's running now through June. And they had to pivot extremely quickly um, because there was, you know, a runway of a couple months uh, before the competition was about to take place. So it's really interesting to see, you know, how quickly um, they can pivot. And it, for them, it's also allowed them to reach um, youth in more remote areas that maybe wouldn't have been able to take part in the same way uh, last year. So definitely some learning for them that I think probably even going forward, they might uh, continue doing. Cool. I'm also curious that as this is happening, are, is there anything that um, you're seeing, let's say for a business, it's like, oh, that's a good, they, there's a good opportunity there and they should be active 
acting on that? Like, are there things that you're noticing right now that a lot of businesses just aren't utilizing? And it's like, oh, if only they knew this. And I guess the follow-up to that would be, what are some little tips that you could give smaller, medium-sized businesses on things that they can do just to up their PR game without, and I know this is backwards, without engaging with a PR firm, but like, what are some basic fundamental things as small or medium-sized businesses we should be doing in this time or just in general? Yeah. I mean, the number one I would say is, is don't be afraid to reach out to media. Like there's nothing that makes me um, especially able to reach out to media that a small business owner themselves can't do. Um, and now um, it, um, publications like Daily Hive, Georgia Strait, they're looking for stories to tell of local businesses doing great things. So if you're a small business owner, I would say definitely figure out, you know, who's a reporter um, at one of those papers or even look just they're often advertising it on their website. You know, reach us here. Uh, we want to tell your story. You know, write an email, pick up the phone, uh, give them a call. That's something that doesn't really happen in kind of a normal pre-COVID situation. Um, media is really looking to tell your story. So that, that would be kind of n number one. Um, and also uh, build on the goodwill of the customers that you have and their desire to support you and, and help you. Um, I'm seeing some, some businesses being really transparent and saying, you know, this is a hard time for us. Um, and your takeout order, your um, gift certificate purchase makes a tangible difference in our ability to stay open. So telling that story, um, instead of hiding behind what we normally would, which is, you know, the perfectly curated social media feed um, and everything kind of looking rosy, um, in this case, actually showing some of the cracks and struggles in a business um, can help build that goodwill among customers and, and help them um, be a bit more encouraged to, to support you. Yeah, it's interesting. I was reading an article today on... Um, it was from a restaurant and they were saying, you know, we thank you for your orders. We, we appreciate it, but please don't use skip the dishes. They said like, and they went through how their business model works and they said, we have to give them like 25% when you order it through mm -hmm. skip the dishes. And now we have to go through this stuff. And I didn't really think, oh, that's actually a pretty good point. I didn't really know it. And they were just being really transparent and honest and saying, Hey, look, we love you. We appreciate your business. And this article was, was uh, circulated all over. And so I thought, Something like that was, um, was a great tip. I'm curious on the flip side, I don't like to go down this path too much, but what are some things you're noticing right now that maybe people shouldn't be doing or you see some things and you're like, oh, or are you coaching your clients or just in general out there seeing like, oh, that's not a great move to be doing right now? Yeah, I think... Definitely now you don't want to be seen as bragging. Um, there's a lot of people who have lost their jobs who are in extremely hard times. And if you're a business that has been doing exceptionally well in, in this kind of time, you don't want to be showing that off um, because it will come across really negatively for, for the people who are really just trying to make ends meet. Um, and there are businesses that are doing really well. Uh, Cubo is an example. They're a company that brings together all of the food delivery services for restaurants. So Skip the Dishes, Foodora, Uber Eats, and brings it into one platform. Um, and they've seen a massive spike in, in demand for, for this application. Um, but they're really not wanting to brag about that because it's profiting off of, you know, hard time for their customers and, and their restaurants. Um, so don't, you know, don't 
show off um, what you have. I think that's in, in poor taste at any time, but especially now, you know, just be really um, authentic and reasonable in your pricing and, and, you know, don't try to take advantage of the situation. And I think that's, you know, that's advice for, for any time, not just now. Yeah, I was going to say, that's just great advice. Um, out of one of the things we've been interviewing a lot of different like leaders in, in really wide ranging um, fields over the last kind of few weeks here in April, just kind of hearing how they're doing pro athletes, people in gyms, people in marketing. And one of the questions that I ask everybody, and I'm just always interested to know this also because I steal a lot of their stuff. Um, <laughs> what are some things that you do mentally? Like we, before we started recording me and you were chatting, you have some little kids at home. So you're having to deal with some homeschooling, which is like a challenge. Um, yeah. But you're here, you're energetic, you, your firm hasn't laid anybody off. You guys are busy. How do you manage mentally? What are some things you're doing um, during this like, you know, crazy time yeah. to stay positive, to stay motivated, to stay going? Well, I think the first one is I go for what I call anger runs. So I can tell <laughs> when I, like my anxiety is starting to get up and I'm just starting to feel frustrated and, and yell at my kids or my husband. And I just say, you know, I'm going for an anger run and they all know what that means. And I go and get my workout stuff on and I put in my headphones and I just go. Um, so I'm exercising more than I ever was before because I have to. Um, there's no other way that I could handle the like pressure and demands and the work that I'm, that I'm putting in. Um, also delegating. Um, this is something that took me a, a really long time to learn in my business. I kept wanting to kind of hold on to everything and do it myself and check it myself. Uh, but giving more responsibilities to the rest of the team, uh, things that I would normally handle on my own, I'm handing off to them. Um, because I know the reality of raising two kids and trying to make sure that they're on time with their Zoom meetings at, at school and have everything organized. Um, that takes a lot of, of my time and energy. So I am handing off, you know, a lot more. And the, the awesome thing is it's, it's getting done and it's getting done sometimes better than I would have done it. So <laughs> it's a, a great learning piece for me um, in letting go of things. Um, I've also noticed that businesses, and this is true for, you know, our clients or companies that we've hired to do pieces of work um, for us, everyone's really honest and understanding um, in a way that I don't think was the case before, you know, whether that's um, companies having to defer payments um, and asking for that forgiveness because they've been hit with, with something that, you know, is new for all of us or, um, you know, on, on any situation, if things change drastically, everyone's much more understanding and doing business, I think, really honest, honestly, and with an integrity that is, is awesome to see. Right on. Well, Ada, um, from everybody here at Story Behind the Business, I want to say thank you for taking uh, time out of a busy day and, and chatting with us a little bit about PR. I know it's easy for us to think that traditional uh, media and PR is dead, but obviously you're proving that it isn't, and that's refreshing. Um, how can how can people reach out to you? What like what platform um, should they be following you on, or or you know, Jam PR? Like, what's the most active um, platform that you're on that people can see what you're doing? I think for the company, you can find us on Instagram, so Jam PR Co. Um, and then for myself, you can find me on Twitter. I'm a little bit controversial on there sometimes, but uh, oh, I like nice. to have fun. 
Um, so at Ada Slavinsky on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at jampr.co. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. And we will probably and most likely reach out to you in the next few weeks to see how things are going. And, and as COVID kind of, you know, hopefully wraps up soon and, and the world gets on its track to become normal again, um, we're, we're wanting to go back to guests and, and talk to them about what they're seeing and how things have changed. So um, definitely in your, in your area, we want to we want to do a follow-up in the future. So just want to say thanks again for being on here. Thank you. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.